Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Shrinking. Hi, everyone. Uh, we're doing a podcast here. Is this starting like this? Right, like that. Wow. Um, no. And, no, no, no. That, that's God. all added later. Okay. And then the, the I insist on 45 seconds of solid applause. <laughs> Just And it's it kills the ratings of this podcast terribly. But uh, no, we're starting right up because I'm talking to today. This is hilarious. I have like a page of research. About you. I'm talking to Tommy Blacha, who... Um, Blacha. Blacha. Oh, do you insist on that now? No, I never. And we, I never knew how to pronounce it coming out of my mouth because it is it is Blacha. It means the metal no, I know. tin. But yeah, yeah. growing up, people said, oh, Mrs. Blacha. So we're like Blacha. And then I would say Blacha. And people were like, whatever. Just don't put an N in it. So Yeah, I yeah. Know. I always said Blacha because that's, that's what fine. I heard you say the most. Yeah. But yeah, well, but it's also like... Just because I said it. About it's, my own name know, doesn't mean like that's the way to do Polish it. Polish through Detroit through Chicago. Like, how do you, that's like the easiest way to find the ugliest way to say a word yeah. is to go through like the Detroit <laughs> Chicago filter. Yeah. Um, Blacha, Blacha, Blacha. Yeah. Well, you could insist on it now. You, I think you I have will. some gravitas. I will. I'm talking to. I have uh, un petit gravitas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to Tame Blacha. Uh, who was, uh, for people who know, or who are like old, you know, older fans of the Conan show, uh, he was the gaseous wiener. <laughs> uh, he came up with Pimp Bot. Mm-hmm. Although you weren't Pimp Bot. That was McCann, right? Yeah. Brian McCann was in the actual outfit and did the and voice. And I root because the- Or did you do the voice? Uh, I did it once. But what I hate about not being, doing the voice or- being in it is because like gotta go be pimp bot and you pimp bot and you'd make an extra hundred and thirty dollars and then you'd go get to hang out for two hours and not work. Right, right. What the fuck? Why <laughs> why didn't I do that? You why know? didn't I put myself in that? But I was in plenty of stupid costumes and avoiding yeah, yeah. work. And then you also uh I mean the thing I think people outside this know you mostly for is Death Clock Metalocalypse. Ooh, you were a co-creator of that. Don't you think that's probably the other thing? I don't know. You know, today we live in the, I call it the, like the a la carte zeitgeist. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. What people know What you people from. know. And then if you go to something related to it, obviously like, you know, oh, I went to a like death metal concert. Holy shit. And then yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not then wrestling also. So I, I don't know how it the actual numbers add up. But you and I have known, you and I were friends in college. Yep. And uh, I was on the Conan show first, and then I uh, got you a chance to submit material there, mm-hmm. and then you, that's how you got yeah. started on this. Yeah, one of the most uh, uh, we were roommates. Yeah, and that was great because you like uh, 
you, you were one of the first people to get paid to do anything. It was kind of fun. Remember, we were, I don't remember this. I was just thinking about this. It was so funny. So we're all like doing comedy improv and such and whatever. And yeah. it is, not to put a stupid word out there, but oh, it was really pure. But I mean, but yeah. people, people in a sense didn't think then like, I'm going to segue into working. No. And I remember. We were just having fun. Just having fun yeah, and, yeah. And, and young. And you if I remember correctly, got hired to be a John Wayne Gacy victim. Yes. And what was it like? What was some show? It was Hard Cop. Hard Cop. It was when Hard Copy was on, <laughs> at least in Chicago, it was on in the afternoon. Right. And yeah, then, around four or five, right. Yeah, yeah, and they mostly did reenactment segments. Right, right. But then I think, wasn't like, what's his name? The the Fox guy, you know, we'll do it live. That oh, guy. Bill O'Brien. Wasn't that hard copy? Or was that Action Journal? Or there was, I remember Current Affair. Yeah, yeah, one yeah. Had a dime. I remember. Bill O'Reilly. That's it was, yeah, it was yeah. hard to do. But I think he was hard copy. Could so I been, think yeah. it was different things. But when I was on it, it was just Gacy reenactment. And they came They came to Chicago. And Joey Soloway uh, was the production coordinator. Right. And hired a bunch of improv actors because they need, because first of all, they had a chilling Gacy. They found a lookalike like one town over from where Gacy lived. Right. And absolutely chilling. And then I, so I got to, I was one of many victims. I got to be the victim of the rope trick. Right. Um, Well, do if, uh, to not to interrupt you. No, you'll interrupt. To interrupt you, but you started it. Well, so. So there, you know, there's no way to just like look it up on the internet, obviously, uh, at that point. But so somehow we knew it was going to be on. Yeah. And we all remember a bunch of us. It was Keckner, and we went to that bar that used to do the, that idiotic German bar had the German, the Viking raid with the helmet. And oh, we'd yeah. And all drink beer at some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lachette's? No, that wasn't Lachette's. It wasn't Carl Lachette's in. We have a good Carl it was Lachette's. Be- somebody's beer stew. Yeah, it was, it was beer a, stew. It was a beer yeah, stew. Yeah, yeah. So we went in there and it was, was going to be on the TV because we were local. So we dominated the place. All went in. And it was like a, a, an early just, you know, thing where, oh, you're getting paid to be an actor. Yeah, yeah. And we're yeah. all so young, like, whoa, that's, wow, that's something. And then, so it was exciting. <laughs> And I'll never forget, there were some people like afternoon drinkers up at the bar because it was early. So when it came on, and there's something so oddly thrilling when you have a friend who's <laughs> an actor. I see where this is going. It's like you get garroted from behind, and they had this like cheesy uh, like negative effect. Yeah, yeah. So I just remember your face going like, ah, ah, getting Gacy's choked, killing getting, you. murdered. And just a bunch of us just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was like so. My hair standing up. I mean, it was like Andy, and these like old afternoon day drinkers were like turning around, like looking at what, what the fuck is going pro Gacy <laughs> yeah. club? Yeah, oh Gacy's getting Gacy boosters. Yeah. But it's odd because it was really, it really still rings true today. Like, oh, there's a poignant moment, and what, what is entertainment, yeah. and yeah, whatever, yeah. And, and I was, I would have been at that gathering, except there was a meeting of the people that worked on it mm-hmm. at like somewhere in like old town or something <laughs> further downtown and uh, there there were a few of oh, i forget the town that Gacy did all his murders in displayed there were a couple oh, of don't don't uh, come up with it in two yeah, seconds yeah. and then make that fake confusion yeah. uh, i think it was and displayed. we heard we heard yeah. you go yes yeah. When I you think, mentioned the uh, rope yeah. trick. I think it yeah. was May, oh, ni- yeah. May 1977. Yeah, you're yeah, speaking yeah. of victim two. Yeah, <laughs> I think. <laughs> well, anyway, there's two displays cops there. And one of them is, and he's, and it's like, 
me and a few uh, uh, women, and he's like, hey, well, you guys want to see something? Pulls out his wallet. Oh, no. He has John Wayne Gacy's Amex card. Just carries it in his wallet. And I mean, it wasn't like, <sighs> it was like in the pocket that is like the the heavy traffic. You know, like for me, yeah. the card I Wife use all the time. Wife and kids now go behind yeah, yeah. Gacy like Amex card. The Gacy card. Amex yeah. card. So, Gotta yeah. admit, kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, but I mean, it's still, it's a little... I just kind of, it just like if you, I don't know, I would take it from like a lab tech, but like from a cop, but I mean, of course I know the world. Yeah. So it is like, eh, that's, I don't know. That's weird. Like you're saying, I stole evidence. Yeah. It's really not so much the card. It's this thing. Hey. Yeah. 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 And then the right, eye right, contact right. as you look right. at it and then he looks at you. Oh. That's the weirdness. Thank you, Officer Google. What do you think of that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember reading the one Gacy book. Well, now we'll go with one last one last one left more turn. Gacy. But I remember it's what people come for. But whatever. But just remember reading one of the books because uh, we actually Brian Blondell knew one of the last victims and so, uh, yep, improviser yeah. Brian Blondell from um, Chicago. Right, and uh, and he didn't. He knew one of the what? Oh, victims. the last victims. Yeah. Oh wow. Anyways, uh, so I was, I was reading the Gacy book. different like, times. Yeah. I don't have why. Why am I trying to uh, you know qualify this? I okay. read a lot of serial killer books, all right? Okay, well. all right, so, all right. But I, I was reading. Hard as a rock, by the way, folks. <laughs> you can't see that. You can't hear that. You didn't You didn't uh, hear the slide whistle. But. but I just remember a horrible comic moment from one where they were, like, checking out Gacy and the guy, you know, one of the couple of the cops, like, okay, this kid's missing, whatever. And they're looking around and, like, all right, you know, stinks in here. He seems whatever, fine, whatever. <laughs> stinks and in then here. One, uh, yeah, it had a musky smell. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the one cop just said, said, and the way it was written to was like, all right, we'll probably take off. And he looked and he just saw, like, big shit encrusted dildo and it was like, Hey, better call the wife. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Bill, better come back in here. Care to explain? Yeah, peekaboo. Yeah. <laughs> that ain't no lava lamp. Yeah, that's when I put, uh, get some Z's and pick this up tomorrow. <laughs> Off to dreamland. Yeah. All uh, right. Would have well, been a good ending for an episode. It would have. Yeah. Well, it, it only has to be seven minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, anyway, yeah, and I didn't, you know, I... I would never have even thought of having you on here, but my producer, Sean, was, well, I talked about you one day to somebody. And he said, hey, we need live bodies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. We need people. Yeah. No, but I mean. Your friend looks like he's got a pulse. Because, no, I mean, I would have <laughs> asked John before, but I mean, it just, I don't know. It's just like, like I say, it's like, I feel like I'm having a family member. On. Right, so, right. I mean, I'm not, so I'm excited to have you here. I do want, I do want to start out by asking, why did you do 9-11? I think a lot of people, that's what people are going to. Well, like I said for. before, every time you ask me that, time will tell. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. All right. We can wait. Okay. Yeah. It just would have been a big scoop for me and really helped me out in the podcast world. Well, you were, you're, uh, you're from uh, uh, Detroit. Right. Uh, grew up there. Your dad, uh, working class family. Yeah. Yep. World War II. Uh, the veteran, your dad? Yeah. Battle of the Bulge. Battle Bronze of the Star. Bulge. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't he like no in an ambulance? Up. No An ambulance that blew up or something? He was a, he was a medic and ambulance driver. Oh, wow. And it had no effect on his uh, raising of children whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was, he was a, he was a grand guy. You know, yeah, actually yeah. was, I joined the army. That's when the, the, the stories came out. It was kind of like, oh, when because... I got a great respect from him, like, oh, you're in the army. Oh, let me tell you about I got there, I was green, and this guy had his legs blown off, and he kept, you know, oh, my legs are cold, so I, I gave him my coat, and, you know, the other guys looked at me and said, you know, 
rookie green guy. And he's like, yeah, you know, a couple, three more weeks, I would have said, I'm keeping my coat. You don't have any legs. They can't be cold. Could you get a little hard? You know, like <laughs> stories like that. I'd be like, right, right. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Oh, better perspective on just, yeah, yeah. just everything. So yeah, he was a, he was a old school stoic, uh, uh, a guy that, uh, you yeah. know, uh, who had, uh, our, it's funny. Cause, uh, I think of this all, all the time now, like just had very little communication with my dad. But one thing we did have, cause he was, a he played, uh, like, um, Pro baseball, minor leagues right after, and he was always our little league coach and grew up playing baseball. So we just had this every day, well, let's go play some catch no matter what. And it was just like that, you know, throwing that ball back and forth. Not really talking, but just like pop, pop, you know, like yeah, we'd yeah. always have like a 15-minute uh, catch. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then we throw me curveball and stuff. But that was like, I was like, oh, I did have, it was just like, mm. the older I get, I realize like, you know, sometimes I get into a, a my family if he should have gone to therapy and all this and yeah i guess he should have but at the same time like oh depression era guy yeah war, yeah war battle of the ball right. all this stuff and like you know in, in the in the final summation he he did really well yeah and even that like weird thing was like oh that was i have like kind of a more connection with him i think than other people in my family but that was part of it just like oh he threw the ball back and forth 308 thousand times yeah yeah <laughs> you know? well no that is like that it I, like i can totally see you know, like non-emotional uh, dad, like being like, I want to be with my boy. Yeah. I don't want to talk. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's go do that. But the fact yeah. that, you know, he was expressing interest in a desire to be with you, which, you know, yeah. there's a lot of fucking dads that they can't even muster that. Absolutely. You know? and so he was weird. He, he said something like, like, uh, funny every six months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he just like, and, but I always, one of our favorite, he had like a entertainment, it was like Jonathan Winters, Johnny Cash. That was it. <laughs> really? Yeah. He would watch Hee Haw too, but didn't give a shit about anything else. Right, right. But uh, what always got me, even young, because Jonathan Winters, who I actually worked with and got to know a little bit, it was fucking dark. Yeah, a yeah. dark, dark guy. Right. And he would go to those like areas every time my dad, and uh, I'm dark too, you know, so like. Jonathan Winters would be improvising as like the little kid at the barber. Then he'd like slice the barber's throat. And my dad, <laughs> he'd like he'd just he'd get this kind of giggle. And uh, uh, and so I, I really realized like, oh, he he giggles at dark stuff. It's yeah, yeah. In fact, still being a, in comedy for years, whatever, to this day and probably will be forever, the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life was we were driving in winter. I was in the back. See, I was probably like eight years old. Mom and dad, our parish priest, like walking down the street, slipped on the ice, full ironing board, you know, just vertical in the air, wham, down yeah. in the hip, and just like, oh. And I just like, Wah! and then my mom was like, oh, that's terrible. And then I see my dad, he's whimper laughing, like with a, <laughs> just trying not to, you know, and it was like 1970 or I don't know. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, and she's like, Alfred, that's that's terrible. And then she just kept feeding the flames by every 30 Scolding seconds. Him. So as we're going down, she, she would like, I don't know what you think so funny. And then just. <laughs> and I, I couldn't even tell the story for 15 years. About yeah, yeah. Getting yeah. through it. Cracking. Yeah. It, just like that just made me love my dad, too. Yeah. And oh, just one last one. This is the, the best because of such perspective. So growing up, he was a Polak, right? Yeah. That, you know, and uh, really impoverished. Depression era, horrible, like, you know, uh, uh, alcoholic dad, all this this terrible stuff. So, and when I was young, there was Polish jokes, nothing like I'm, oh, I'm so affected by it. But there was a point I went to a school and said, like, there were a lot more Polish jokes oh, when I was yeah, a kid. Tons. Like, it was like 
jokes about stupid people, but it was Polish people. Right. But it's not even like I don't even think like my kids would know what the fuck it's true. I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. And uh, as my uncle would say, it's because they killed all the the smart poles in World War II. I'm like, all right, take it easy. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> well, yeah. you are you are kind of copying yeah, to yeah. it. Yeah, and it, yeah. yeah, and the Grabowskis they do wear white socks and they're dumb. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but anyways, so I went to school. And uh, said, oh, Blasha, what kind of name is that? And I was really enamored with being Swedish. And I was like blonde as a kid just because yeah, yeah. Swedes, Vikings, sure. you know, and like little kid, you know, like Yvette Mimieux movies. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, Sex, the Swedes are sexy. Of course. Yeah. And uh, so I said, I'm Swedish. And the teacher like, okay, so we went to a parent-teacher conference, probably the only thing my dad ever went to. Yeah. Probably and had to be told where the school was. Sure, probably, yeah. You know, so, and then we went and uh, so – the teacher says, well, I understand you're Swedish. The fucking teach right out of the gate. And my mom, a lot of pride in being Polish and whatever. And she was fuming like, no, we're Polish. It's a Polish name. And it's this and that. And my dad said nothing. And my mom was hot. And I'm like, oh, boy, my third or fourth grade. Yeah. And my dad later, and so worldly, because it wasn't until years later, he goes, well, son, he goes, I know you want to be Swedish, but some of us got to be Polish. <laughs> so he didn't get mad you know what i mean he got right, it right, and he was right. just like and my dad wasn't like that I was like oh that's a pretty sophisticated take on a kid right right you know being like and a third or fourth grader too yeah yeah so yeah. it was like oh okay because that yeah. was like my mom was she was hot how did they all end up i'm because you're polish on both sides right yeah and how did they all end up in detroit was there just some sort of Auto worker. Well, all my all my grandparents came uh, to Ellis Island. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So my dad, uh, they they settled in Dearborn, in Michigan, and uh, and then my uh, my mom's side, my grandfather became a coal miner in Pennsylvania outside yeah. of Pittsburgh, and then just after the war, large family, they all came over one by one, and my one uncle opened a butcher shop, mother opened a bakery, and my mom came over at seventeen just because the the coal. It's a weird part of the the coal was dying there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the whole family came to Detroit, and it was like this incredibly wonderful post-war thing. And then my dad, he had a shitty family, so he hooked up with them, and it was like, it was grand. Well, yeah, because you had a huge extended family. And yeah, huge. All kinds of great stories about, like, your Uncle Wads. Yeah, Wads. describe <laughs> Uncle Wads. Well, un- Uncle Wads. With the tattoo. and the- Well, my grandfather had a tattoo of— um, Or is this your grandfather? My grandfather. I it was Wads. So when I was real little— so he had a tattoo of like a, a bust of a woman with you know, like naked breasts, but like really like I don't know, it was in jail or something. Yeah, like yeah, or whatever. Probably on a ship. Or yeah, something. and he's like, um, yeah, come over. And I remember like his old leathery skin, and he'd be, you'd suck on the nipple of the breast. Oh, <laughs> fucking old men are weird. <laughs> but it was one really of those, weird. Yeah. So it was one of those things that like you never thought was weird to like later like. That's strange. That Grandpa yeah. wanted me to suck the tit on his arm. Yeah, yeah. but he was a he was a a great old guy that. Uh, Hated Russians and uh, Germans. Wow! <laughs> you know, from all the stories are so epic and like, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then his brother, he lived in the forest for six years with his wife till the Germans shot up the barn, and then she was killed, and then he made his way. Yeah, he yeah. Went, un- made his way with an uncle and money, and lost yeah, everything. Yeah. All this this crazy shit. So all, I had all my uncles were World War II weirdos, but Uncle Wads uh, opened a, a bunch of bakeries, and he used to like. Um, Gamble and was a legend. What legendary? But didn't he have a tattoo on his back? Oh no, that was my uh, uh, um, my uh, uncle Hank. Oh okay, he had a tattoo, uh, roller like kind of birds, and then he had two gremlins around. I'm talking about on the back, the fox hunt. Oh yeah, he had a fox hunt on his back, right? With in the in the wiggle line 
uh, uh, the whole thing was being chased into his ass, like horses and dogs. Yeah, horses, and, yeah, dogs, yeah. and then out of the out of the crack of his ass was a was a wiggle line, a little foxtail. Yeah, with the foxtail coming out of his ass crack. <laughs> yeah, I like that's the only tattoo I've ever wanted, and I can't have it because somebody already. Well, has yeah, had it's it. fine. He's they're, they're all dead. I know, so but still. But anyway, but, but also was that, that was, what? Uh, that was Hank. Oh, and that then, was Hank, too. and that was like um, what was? I'm sure it was like, hey, help. I know how to draw this from when I was a kid and then just some World War II stuff. Yeah, and then, you know, I, I yeah, think they're yeah. in the South Pacific. Go for it. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Which the are the foxes in my yeah, ass. That, that was the uh, best wow. tattoo. So, have you ever been on the fox hunt? What, what fuck? What are you talking a about? What hunt? <laughs> yeah. What about the, yeah, the equestrian? <laughs> I don't know. Leave yeah, me alone. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. anyway, Wads was the baker. And I. Yeah. you just told me once a story about having to get wads out of the bar to finish a cake oh yeah so he uh so he was he he was amazing because he would drink and close the bar and then get up at like 3 30 to start baking which is like you can't be an alcoholic and a baker and he was and he lived all the way to his 80s and yeah then, yeah and so there's two things that i've done in my life too delivered funeral flowers and wedding cakes two things you can't be laid on you know completely right but right. i remember actually this was a different cake it was always like my aunt Dolores would call, and my brother was ten years older. Be like, "Oh, Wads is drunk, and he needs to, you know, so go decorate over there. some cakes." Yeah. So he was he were like holding him up, and he was decorating like a congratulations cake, and he had this incredible gnarled like arthritic hands, but he could make those roses. Yeah, yeah. And he'd be like making the rose petals, and then I would like scoop the rose off the thing and there, you know, because he was like. Could stand. Couldn't stand up. And he was writing congratulations, and he wrote perfect cursive writing. Because he's just like, when he got out of the war, he just like worked these shifts, and they just, yeah. you know, had perfect cursive writing. And then he wrote congratulations. And we'd be like, no, you got to scoop it off and, oh. Clean it up. Yeah, yeah. But, but it was like just perfectly in the row. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. wow. I don't know the moral of that story. I don't you either. Can be an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, no. That's always <laughs> there's always there's always those amazing stories of like why my grandfather was a horrible alcoholic and only ate liver and yeah. you know lived to ninety five. He openly flirted with my uh, girlfriend at uh, my mom's funeral, which was uh, which was pretty funny. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. While no one knows what tomorrow may bring, Bridgestone is working toward a more positive outlook. With innovations like developing a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials. It's just one of the many ways Bridgestone is making a difference today, for generations to come. Because that's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. 
Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Can't you tell my love's a girl? Like having that big a, a family around, like, did you find it like to end up being a, pl- a plus or a minus? And, you know, like, is it oppressive or is it cool to have that support? It, it was great. What's the old saying of like American families are either in a, a rise or decline? Yeah. It became sad when it became in decline. When I was a little kid, so we had so many extended relatives and I had uncles a butcher and uncles a, a baker and, you know, we'd have these great Christmas parties and and I had an uncle that like, you know, I, my first jobs were working in the bakery, you know, yeah. and on the east side there, go, you know, sweep up and do stuff. So just this crazy support system of, you know, of uh, of uncles and aunts was like absolutely um, fabulous, you know, and then the, the incredible kibasa. Here's how important kibasa was in our family. So my uncle, by marriage, my uh, uncle Andy, he had a butcher shop. And he always made the kielbasa, and then my grandfather had a recipe, which right? is a sausage. I a don't sausage. Know, people right. don't know that, but you know. And uh, so then uh, every Christmas they'd, you know, oh, everyone would get a bunch of uh, of kielbasa. You'd freeze it and, and what yeah. have you, just the extended family. So they're, you know, had Use one it mo- for barter for barter. Yeah, yeah. my uncle had a sm- little smokehouse in his backyard and stuff. So my uncle stopped making it. So my other uncle took over, who. who uh, uh, wasn't the butcher, but, you know, they all had opinions about sure <laughs> how so, you should make the kielbasa. So, and they yeah. would occasionally get into, like, fist fights when I was really young. Or about kielbasa. Well, this one in particular was, and I remember this exchange, was that must have been a Christmas party or something. Well, how's the kielbasa? And then my one uncle, and, and he just went like, too much caraway seed. Uncle A, too much caraway seed. Uncle B, oh, fuck you. <laughs> Swing. Swing. <laughs> There is a lot of caraway yeah. seed. Yeah. So that's how important. <laughs> and really, that could, I was like, kind of like, I didn't think there was garlic in it. It was like pork, beef, caraway seeds. Really? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the simplest. Yeah. yeah. Well, as you got older, I mean, like you told me once I remember, because I, I mean, my, my upbringing was fairly safe, I guess, probably compared to yours. But you told me once, like, the, and, and we were young when you told me this, that like, so many of your friends were either dead or in jail, you know, the, of the kids that you came up yeah. with. You know, yeah. You know, I grew up very interesting and in, because in, I grew up very middle class. And in Detroit, there's a demarcation line. So I grew up working at like um, the Yacht Club, uh, Washing Dishes. So I grew up near the Gross Point cities, fabulously you wealthy. Know, I think Tim Meadows worked at the Yacht Club, too. Oh, really? Which, I think he did. The Detroit one or the yeah. Gross Point one or... Detroit. Oh, oh, were you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I worked at the the Gross Point one. Oh, okay. Dishes, but um, so and I caddied at the, the Detroit Country Club. So I was like a mile from Lakeshore Drive, fabulous. Yeah, and then even three miles from Henry Ford House. But then two miles the other way was like some of the first crack houses in the country. There's like a demarcation line. So I I went to school with a lot of kids. Went to a few different high schools because I was a troubled teen. But Aww. uh, so yeah, I know. Aww. But uh. So you you get to like oh these these kids their parents are murderers or as a little kid I went over to this kid's house and like <laughs> oh his dad's always drunk with his pants open on the couch you know and the lawn's this high and then we the kid said let's go break into the drive-in and then I remember he you know we're, he took a shit in the urinal and like years later I'm like oh that's a deeply fucked up white trash family that yeah, those yeah, pals yeah. was there and then the other ones were like oh they're fucking rich you know and so yeah. I, I got a full spectrum 
of, of all that stuff. But, you know, just late seventies, early eighties, Detroit, just cocaine. Like, you know, every, every story, like, why doesn't this make sense? Should have a neon sign blinking above it. Cocaine, yeah, cocaine, yeah. you know? So yeah, I had, you know, it's like movies of the time too. I yeah. always feel you're watching it and you're like, Oh my God, there's so much cocaine in this movie when it's, you know, yeah. About everything. Yeah. We're watching YouTube, Robin Williams on Johnny Carson. Oh, yeah, he yeah. shot out of a can. Oh, oh right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there was yeah, certainly hundreds of thousands of people like greatly affected. And it yeah. almost seems like, and I was actually in the neighborhood of White Boy Rick. Oh, know? really? Yeah. Yeah. And I grew up like by seven mile, you know, and it's almost like don't want to make it seem dramatic because the stories are, you got to remember back in the day, my brother, uh, was a cocaine dealer. And even to say that, it was like a cocaine dealer, but like everyone did, you know, everyone like, um, you know, bought some to get some free or just like, you know, and then he got into it heavier. But even at the time he sold, can't remember 1979, 1980, he sold cocaine to like a major league baseball player who were named nameless. But back then you could have called the, the local newspaper and like, so-and-so bought a gram of cocaine and they'd be like, great. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. The, the, it wasn't. No shit. There was yeah. no stigma. There was not like, you know. For, when I started working in film production in Chicago, they, there were people that they would tell me stories about how every every Tide commercial, <laughs> they'd have to hide cocaine in the in the budget. So it'd be like they put it in the <laughs> yeah. in the lighting yeah. package, you know, sure. or in ed, the added sweet time. They'd yeah. Hide places and it was just, and if you, if you like, you know, J. Walter Thompson had a Montgomery Ward commercial and you were in charge of it. And then they, the Montgomery Wards and the J. Walter Thompson people showed up and there's no cocaine. Yeah. You'd be, your, your career would be over, you no. know? And it was really poisonous to me because my brother was 10 years older and he, so I, I did this like when I was a ninth grader. I had a, and during the prom time, because even in the prom time, even the high school quarterback would do a gram of cocaine. Yeah. Everyone would. And I had, well, yeah, you got to splurge every now and then. But I had a triple beam scale and made like, you know, almost $2,000 as a ninth grader staying in a suite that, you know, just like a little fucking kid. And that just ruined me, I think, for like hard work. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. You know, because that was my like regrets of like, you know, even like not studying, you know, and, and, yeah. And uh, I always had like, you know, would read or have interest in movies and stuff. But just that is kind of like, you know, it's just this infantile neophyte like mm, suckers work like all right and then you know cut to i have to join the army <laughs> you know, like, not too far after so what you, and do you think that uh, do you think that that was like like what's in your mind during this time because you're out you know you're coming from you're coming from bakers and butchers mm-hmm. you know and i mean i am i imagine is there the idea that you're going to be better than a baker or a butcher or are you going to be a baker or a butcher or is there ever is it ever discussed well i'm always fascinated with the teenage mind because i think it's incredible how non introspective i was about anything and yeah. then even having interest and even to the point of going to school when we hung out and having these touchstone moments where like in class, like writing something, a teacher going like, "Oh, that was very good," and I'm, it is, <laughs> you know, like, "Oh, I'm," you know what I mean? You just even yeah, getting yeah. into things, I'm like, "Oh, yeah, I guess I have to have, make a career." Yeah, I don't know, because I was always you were influential to me because I would, I think, uh, when you called me a contrarian once, we were talking about like politics and things, and I was like, "Huh, yeah, maybe I am." I thought I was a masterful divergent thinker, but you know, <laughs> but maybe two things can be true at once. But it really set me as like, yeah, what's like, what's really, 
I never thought of it, you know? I mean, yeah. that's, and part of that's like good because I was very curious and honest about anything I got into, or even when I like, you know, oh, I'm going to get into the punk rock band because punk rock was great because it was so anti, you know, everything, but I never thought, and then we're going to put out, mer you know, just yeah, didn't yeah. think like that. It was just like this weird sanctioned madness. And then like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. And then just flying by the seat of my pants till I, I really like joined the army. That was the first thing. Yeah. Like, oh, I think I need to do something in this town. And do you think that absent of like the easy money of Coke that like that you would have, I mean, did it, did it prevent you? Cause you, you always had this like, oh, well I can just make money, you know, make a lot of money doing this thing that my brother's doing. That seems fun. And it was weird, but it was so chaotic and, and stupid when I was young that it really wasn't. And then when you kind of like did drugs that you'd be like, Oh, I don't have any money ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so I didn't really yeah, have yeah. ever a lot of money. And right. then, and my brother's existence became very like he bought a house young and stuff, but then, you know, he he could never catch up with his his ego and and how that fucked up his life and you know, so it it was there was never that. I don't want to paint it like we had, you know, it was the time of our lives. It was just, you know, everything was like pretty fucked up, you know, and especially I had a, a young friend who who um, was dealing coke, and then uh, he spilled some beer, and then he sucked it all up, and he had a heart attack at like age eighteen or nineteen. That was a f we went to his like uh, you know funeral, and I was like, oh, that's weird. He's in the casket, but you still don't like. It's a big slap in the face, but it's I don't know. That teenage mind is like so odd. Yeah, you know, you know things You're so bulletproof. Yeah, and but yet it's just the two things are happening at once. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like. You know, not to be strangely morbid, but when you talk about like the Columbine kids just planning this thing that got out of control and still still planning to go to Arizona State, you know, simultaneously. Oh, yeah, 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 one of them was. You're kind of like, I don't know if they were competing at the time. Yeah. What's a fantasy until it becomes real? Yeah, you know, yeah. so there's some similarities of the strange mechanisms of the teenage mind. That yeah, yeah. I, I think I had even into to to my twenties a little bit. You know, in in some ways, you know, but I was kind of. But at the same time, like even we, uh, you know, hung out. It was you were very influential because we weren't. It wasn't like I had learned in the army too. Like, don't pick your friends through a a aesthetics exactly. Like, yeah. you know, he doesn't have a mohawk, but I thought you were like so. Like, oh, that guy's cool and fucking smart, and then oh, he likes me, and that's good enough for me. Right. And then so all all of our existence. And then we smooched. <laughs> and then we smooched, but we really just had like interests. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and even going through whatever, getting into. Comedy, acting, movies. It wasn't yeah, like, yeah. like I, I find, like, well, the cliche is in L.A. We're like, oh, can I, you know, parlay this into money or, you know what I mean? Everything yeah, no. is, is immediately art meeting commerce, you know, right, or right. What, all that. But uh, so we, you know, it was very like, like I said, until like a watershed moment of like, he's being choked by Gacy and getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> this can happen. This can <laughs> you know? so I, I heard bells. Yeah. Um, Remember, wasn't you a group of you also like got hired by the, the local uh, radio jackass, Jonathan Brandmeier. Yeah, yeah. But it was like something like, it was like, whoa, they got paid to be comedy writers. But it was, it, someone heard him bragging like, I'm getting these guys for 30 bucks a week. Or oh, whatever. it was something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, there were like, Jonathan Brandmeier was a big, I don't want to spend too much time with no. Jonathan Brand for people, there were, Jonathan Brandmeier was I said a big, jackass. I, yeah, I think he I, was, <laughs> he was a, a hugely popular morning DJ and Chicago radio was a big deal. Like, yeah. And uh, he got a syndicated talk show through Fred Silverman Productions. And then 
his producer, who's like a radio producer, which will tell you like what a top notch guy he was because he was a <laughs> radio producer. <laughs> Um, Baba Booey <laughs> and, and Baba Booey is like the you know he's the Albert Einstein yeah. of, of those guys and I love Baba Booey yeah. but, uh, but so he they went out and got hired researchers because they couldn't pay people as writers because that's right. a guild thing and there was like two spots there were t- two guys that had already been hired and then there were two other spots and I was with an improv group and I was saying well, let's go for it, but let's keep the two spots. Cause I was like, I want to make enough money to stop. Like, I don't want to wait tables anymore. Right. Right. And they're like, no, it'll be better if nine of us <laughs> cycle into those two spots. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, they're getting nine brains for the price of two. Right. You're allowing them to fuck us over. And, and I kept pushing. And then there was like a point where they were, I was, I realized, okay, now I should just shut up. This right. is the way it's going to be. And it was, you know, it was awful. And short-lived too. And short, yeah, very short-lived. It was a terrible, terrible show. And although we did very quickly learn, and th- there's no internet then, so we're going through like weird special interest magazines mm-hmm. and ordering free crap from the back. Like we got like five blow dart guns. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, we're doing a bit with blow darts. Could you send us some blow dart guns? Which is, and uh, I, I might have been McCann. That there was that. a blow dart gun around the house. There was wasn't one. There? One of them ended up coming home. Yeah, yeah. And those things are nasty. Yeah, you, you get somebody in the I neck. Think I remember almost. shooting one into the railroad ties of the L from a high altitude. Somehow, Could, that sounds right. Wow. But um, and then we also got the famous uh, Sibian uh, videotape. Oh, you know right. the Sibian. The Sibian is a sex device that's like basically. A uh, a washing Looks like machine. like a half barrel. Yeah, it's like a washing machine motor. It's the size of a small cooler, and you straddle it. And Way it to did- take the romance it out of the Sibian. Oh, that's just a washing machine motor yeah, yeah. over a plastic but housing. It, but it is, oh. it's, it is, I mean, it's- <laughs> Makes uh, me feel good. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they still exist. I know they had them on, you know, Howard Stern used to have them. But uh, they are hilarious because it's like, with a case for travel, but it's like- a, a travel microwave, you know, like a microwave oven. It's like you can put it in this case and right, carry it right. to your hotel travel. room. Like, yeah, my, with a microwave oven, yeah. you know. Take but it anyway. to, to yeah, the airport. Well, then, so you went to the army because yeah. you fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and didn't you have to, like, hit, like, hitchhike back from Florida when you went and joined? No, basically, I... I, I had the great idea of like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, Detroit was, you know, bad back then, uh, you know, um, jobs and stuff. So like, I'm going to go to Florida where everyone's moving. At the time, there was a big exodus. There used yeah, to be yeah. bumper stickers. Last one out of Michigan, turn the lights off and stuff like that nature. So went down, hooked up with some friends. They were all really fucked up on cocaine and had a couch and cocaine. <laughs> I'm like, that ain't going to work. So then I, uh, it was pretty brutal. I, I was like, man, I'm running out of money. And I went to uh, Mardi Gras. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, when you're running yeah. out of money, you might as well go to Mardi so, Gras. Uh, and, you know, things were tough. How old are you? Like 19? Yeah. Yeah. 19. Just turned 19. And I'm like, wow, I got to bite the bullet. I got to call my dad and be like, you know, Western Union some money. Cause I'm like, I'm in New Orleans with new money. Yeah. None. And just, you know, don't know anyone. Just, it just uh, sounds romantic. Bad. Yeah. You know, underwear stinks (laughs) yeah yeah but anyways so for some reason i knew like 
I need money for a bus ticket to come back. I'm like, I'll do the cheapest one, the Greyhound. And I knew exactly what like the, the, the uh, cost was. Yeah. And so my dad said like, all right. And he sent exactly the price. And I'm like, Oh, not nothing to eat. <laughs> so it was like, From, I was on like a fuck. Greyhound. Yeah. Bus. Like, oh why didn't God. I say? And then they would look so 40 long. bucks or whatever. I know. And then they would pull into a Hardee's and never get up or something. And just like, oh, just stay here. And just like, like literally like, hope they have a drinking fountain or going in the bathroom and like water. Just, you know, uh, awful. Wow. So I got back and, uh, saw my dad there. Like it was early in the morning and just like exchanged, you know, whatever. And then he went and my mom ate, ate a sandwich, and I it was this easy. I was like, "Huh, I'm gonna join the army." <laughs> walk to the where's the recruiter? Phone book. Walk to the recruiter. Uh huh. Oh, you got to take this test. Okay, when's the fastest I could leave? You know, went through the testing and stuff, and like, oh yeah, you can do everything. And uh, and then like, uh, so I became a. And it, and it hadn't crossed your mind prior to that. No. Really? No. Wow. No. It's like solution. Wow. <laughs> Were you, I mean, is that like that kind of impulsivity? Is that, have you done that other times or was that just like a weird flash? Decades. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I was running a room with a bunch of youngsters, uh, someone talking about something like, oh, I like how this is set up. And they're like, oh, that, that's spontaneous. And I said, like, I've lived whole fucking decades of my life spontaneously. So come talk to me later. It's not all it's cracked up to be. I won't, I won't take that one, you know. There's positives, but uh, yeah, but sure, it was impulsivity, but also it was it was creative problem solving. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it really was. Yeah, and, and and you know, just like you know, back against the wall. So and it and was, it did wipe the slate clean. You were all of a sudden in a brand new environment. You know, starting it was, from scratch. It was spectacular. You yeah, know? and, and uh, uh, not to be not to be uh, so uh, or anti that even really, but it was it was spectacular because very few things in. Especially then, you know, you're in an organization where, like, I don't think I can do it. You have to do it. Okay. You know, like, just the yeah. saturation learning and a lot of, like, fascinating things like that where, like, you know, especially when you get into the entertainment business later, like, well, hold on. This isn't really a meritocracy around here, is it? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, – or uh, actually uh, – I always remember what Conan said about Hollywood. A Hollywood where the cream doth not always rise to the top. <laughs> but, uh, but but no, it was it was spectacular. I went and I lived in Germany. I became a MP, but more like a grunt, not like a, a actual cop, like physical security. But everything was based on like, when can I leave the fastest? <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And and just that. So it's really fascinating. Like. You know, just like, I guess I'm going here. Just something really fun to like plug into a, a a thing like that. And also like the greatest drug treatment program at the time, just like, can't do it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And, and just youth, you know, that can. Uh, yeah, yeah. Can, uh, but sure, yeah, it does like free up any, like you do like huge changes like that. And they really do only work. They work so much better when you're young. Um, oh, yeah. But it is like you, you, you free yourself of like. I, you know, anything sure. like, you know, rent. I don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like, what should I, even down to like, what should I wear? Sure. Like, oh, yeah. I don't even have to think about that. Yeah. You know, which and, I'm sure is all part of it. And even to boil it down further, just new landscapes, even with, you know, tragedy in your life and grief and new lands, you know, helps. Yeah, yeah. And all, you know, I'm always happy to be on a road I've never seen before, no matter how mundane. A little yeah. bit, you know, not always like. Yeah. Unless, oh, what are the, oh, it's a cartel. Oh, Fuck. <laughs> Oops, yeah, Daisy. Still romantic yeah, about yeah. this road. But, well, uh, so I want to get. I want 
you came back from the army and you end up in Chicago and you go mm-hmm. here in film school and mm-hmm. that's where you and I meet. Yep. Um, you were, I, th- I don't remember the actual time. It was, I th- I mean, I, you know, you ended up seeing everybody around, you mm-hmm. know, cause it, it's a, it's a downtown school in Chicago and you're in basically at the time, like three office buildings. Right. Whereas now it's like, I don't know if you've been back there, but it's like 30. Yeah, the whole wow. South loop is all uh, Columbia college. But it was what, what was really cool about the place was that it was very it was like a trade school for show business and a yeah. trade school for acting and it was very employ employment based right. like here's how you go out and get a job in this thing and they did teach you the basics of how to make movies and then you know and then I went and worked on t- you know TV commercials and learned right. eighteen times the amount of stuff that I learned watching you know right of course man of Aaron no I remember getting a, a couple jobs like literally. You know, you have the, uh, when we lived together, the uh, answering machine, and then someone like, hey, is Andy there? You know, and, and it wasn't like cell phone stuff. And like, no, oh, yeah, you know, and he's, I don't know, he's doing this. And then he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I remember a couple of times, like, I went and got a job, like, like a day rate of painting a floor and doing stuff. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm capable. And, right, right. <laughs> you know, I'll be exactly. a PA. You know, that was pretty, pretty exciting. Yeah, but that was, I mean, so that was, I, I actually, wh- where we met, Matt, was I was a TA for that right. audio guy, Howard. Oh, yeah. Who was, a, who was like a kind of an audio scientist genius, like one of the like legit geniuses of the staff right. there. Yeah, because he had but early. Super crotchety. Yeah. You know? He had early sampling. Like he had a, a wind instrument that was like digital and would sample. And yeah, that was yeah. very early. Yeah. And, and a lot of uh, things like that. And he used to, remember, he used to take his shoes off and smoke. And his, yes. and his ash would get so big, and sometimes it would drop onto his socks. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he also he wore lots of corduroy three-piece suits, I think. Yeah. yeah. We went to his house once, and he had a studio in his house. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, we had a field day. But I was his TA, and I was a very right. competent TA. Right. And I told yeah, him was at it. the beginning, I was like, I don't know shit about sound, but you, you know what? You know, I can get you microphones. You tell me what you need, and I can hook up microphones. But, like, I don't know anything about mixing or anything. <laughs> But I remember I one time. Plug in the cable. One time I did <laughs> blow on a microphone to see if it was open, and he shrieked at me. You can't do that with a condenser, my you know whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I didn't. All right, sorry. Uh, oh, funny. He's like, you tap it. <laughs> okay, yeah. you know. But so yeah, we met there, and then I also was friends with Steve Evans, right? Who was a stu- he's a uh, a Welshman. Uh, which yeah. you can still, I love how like, and then I became roommates with him too. and then you were roommates with him. And that's one thing I love. Hi, Steve, if you're out there that when I first got to like, because he and I were together in two classes and right. then had a meal break in between. So we ended up eating together and he's, I mean, he was a great, hilarious guy, yeah, yeah. but he had a cast on his oh, arm boy. when I first met him. Yeah. And I found out I lived like, with him with a, that a year and a half later that, and he said, like, oh, yeah, I tripped on my book bag coming down the stairs and broke my arm. It was totally fake because he wouldn't do his editing project. Yeah. He put a cast on his own arm. Do you want to hear the whole and thing? And I was friends with him through the whole cast, like, asking him about it. And then and then years later, you mentioned it. And I was like, wait, that was all a lie? Oh. I was. He's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I couldn't tell you. I was like, yes, you could. Oh, my God. It's so funny because we tortured him. So we lived on, I can't remember, we had an upstairs apartment and in like a duplex. It was three, and Kurt was it? Uh, no, it was, it was, I think it was, um, 
It was Rich Higgins. Oh, yeah, yeah. Him and me. Okay. So he's like, can't do my, <laughs> my project. So, And he was always like, sometimes I would have a car be like, we're going in for that class, Steve. Oh, he would sleep. You know, yeah, then yeah. I would, we'd I'd try to sign the thing for him. And he just was like that. But so he came and then he said he missed like the final. And I remember he goes, how does one make a cast, you know? <laughs> and so I remember him getting like, oh, it's like plaster Paris and like gauze. And then he went and then I remember came home and like, oh, there's a bowl with, pa-. he's making a cast. So I, so I think all three of us helped make it. And so he had it, right? And then he said he went. To tell the teachers, it's like, yeah, I tripped over my book bag. You can't tell anyone, right? So um, he he went to the teacher, and the teacher's like, oh, where'd you get it like done at? And he's like, oh, this hospital. Oh, my wife works there. I think, you know, that's a weird, who did it? Like, the teacher kind of <laughs> knew, and I think didn't push it to a point. Like, don't they have these different kinds uh, yeah, of kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he just would crumble, and he's like, oh, I, I imagine that could have been it. So anyways, he's like, I, how do you, long do you keep it on? Like, six weeks. Day three, this itches. He figured a way to like take it off and put it on, oh. so he could take it off. So, uh, and he didn't want anyone knowing, and, and only his roommates knew. And we would just torture him. It was so stupid. Like, why are you doing that? So we would routinely, when he had the cast off, we'd like hide the cast. And then yeah, since yeah. we lived upstairs, it'd be like, oh, like one of us would go downstairs and like ring the, oh yeah, so you know, our Mike Armstrong, bunch of people are coming over. And then we'd like go down and ring the doorbell and see him frantically. Fuck, where's the cast? Because <laughs> we had hit it somewhere. And he's just scrambling around. Like, And then we'd come up and the door would open to be one of us. And he's like, oh, you motherfucker. I mean, we did that half a dozen times. <laughs> Fucking incredible. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, it is. All of that is a lot easier than just doing the editing yeah. project. The editing project. That, oh, that would yeah. be terrible. Well, I hope he's out there because I believe. I'm not speaking out of turn here. And, well, I doubt his parents would be listening to this, but. I kind of think he told them he had graduated when he didn't. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, there was. There's other stuff there. You should have him on. <laughs> well, so uh, God, that's funny. So then we go to college. I end up doing performing stuff. You kind of you started doing improv, and I remember you and I started taking classes together. <laughs> yeah, which I got to tell you, I was a little bit like there was. I mean, because I love you, and you're one of the funniest people I've ever known. So. And I'm starting out in this thing. And it's like, I was very happy that you wanted to be there, but I was also a little threatened by. Really? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Because you are, you know. Well, that's that's the most horrible thing sometimes that I didn't like about. But I didn't, it didn't stop me. I never said like, hey, I don't want you doing this. Right. Well, comedy, it's like, you know, the competitiveness of comedy is so odd and it's out there. But it's in everything. You know what I mean? But specifically that. Sales, you know know? what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It's a weird thing to quantify and get competitive about, but it's also, it's a look at me contest. Right, right. So, I mean, there's an inherent competition in that, you know? It is, and I I really hated it in some ways. To this day, I had a, just kind of like doing an early improv thing it's almost like i i got like a little psychologically damaged or something because and they're just kind of figuring out like like you said when they, they made me think like maybe i'm a contrarian or maybe you know i could always easily look you know i have a natural ability to look at the negative things like, yeah, oh, yeah i see yeah. them clear as day right right <laughs> i see I'm ultraviolet yeah i'm like one of that mantis shrimp with those weird eyes i can see ultraviolet <laughs> negativity and everything that other people can't yeah but uh so it was like, you know, that fucking piano that like someone yeah. always score a thing and it would be like, uh, 
And one of the things was called musical styles. Like, so you'd, you'd do a musical. So you'd have a premise, someone like, what's heard of the award? And you'd be there or something. And then someone would yell out a musical style like blues. And then that fucking piano player would go, so horrible, like little electric piano. And then someone yeah. would have to start singing blues. And then someone yelled. So this was probably 19, I don't know, 90, 91. Someone yelled, rap <laughs> and maybe it was even earlier so at that time if you remember like there was the super bowl shuffle and a lot of yeah, like hip-hop yeah, yeah, people yeah. like and then it well, got my it. name is so-and-so and i'm here to say bingo yeah, yeah so then it was like someone and then the the piano player i remember going like oh what's a hip-hop beat on that piano and then going like gunk, gunk, gink, gink, gunk, <laughs> and just like and then waiting in a line and, and like about 80% of my brain is going like, oh, you can't fucking do this. Just get out of here. This is awful. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then the crowd's liking it, you know, and it's, uh, you know, and then going going down the line, people are saying, and it, I think it literally was, and I'm here to say my baby is the best one of all the whatever today. Right, right. So a portion of my brain is like, well, you got to think of a rhyme because you got to join in. But most of my brain is just kind of like going, <laughs> don't do No, this. no, <laughs> yeah, no. no. And then I got through it. And somehow was like, oh, ha, ha, ha. but I just felt like almost like a weird flush, like, I don't like this. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 you know, not even to be pretentious or just like, I don't, I don't like this. It yeah, doesn't. Yeah. And even it was almost like one of those weird things, like years later, you'd be driving, things are going pretty good. And then you have to pull over and, oh, <laughs> that improv, that, that shame rip, I that felt. shame of that rap improv with that kink, 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 kink. Uh, and I remember when you because you and I were going to be on the same team. This is before we got on because that was the way it worked. You started in classes, yeah, and then this woman, Sharna Halpern, yeah. who was Dell Close ran school. Sharna, it was Randell. the least intimidating pyramid scheme. Yeah. No one thought she'd caught her all time. But then Sharna would decide it was time for you to be on yeah. a team, and she was going to put you and me on a team together. And it was, I think, I was working on a production or something because I'm. It was on the phone, and you told me, "Yeah, I'm not going to do it." Uh, and and I said why? And you said because there's a little bit too yanta da 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 for me, you right? Know? And I was like, okay, yeah, I see that. I knew exactly what you meant. And like, and believe me, because it's like, you know, I went on and did lots of improv, uh, and there was all kinds of times where I felt that shame, and yeah. just, you know, and it just became like. Yeah, and it's you know, weird. Like somebody who like shows their ass for a living. It's like, oh, come on in, take a look, fellas. Yeah. You know. And I would have done that, I think. <laughs> but uh but also you have certain things like clean that toilet. All right, you know, there's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not like but just something about it. I do No, it's it's yeah. You know, and I don't want to just be like, oh, I'm too cool for school because you know, I saw the value of it or something, but you know. No, but it's also too, I think there is well, I was always had my foot in two worlds too. Like, no, I'm goth with Sasha and all the Russians, and then fucking those know, are friends. No, right? no yeah, and yeah. then no, it's like, but it's I'm not like, goth. Yeah. I'm also with the comedy guys. Yeah. Oh, I tried to wear engineer boots with my jeans tucked in, but I'm a little too big. Well, like, I, like, I remember like us having having parties at that time where it would be like half improv, like guys in hockey mat, hockey jerseys named Matt, right. and then half, you know, like. Russian art student with East German girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. And the culture clashes. Yeah. They'd be like, I just remember one time when but I would always be somebody, like, we can, let's just uh, aggressively drink yeah, till yeah. nothing. <laughs> so we can't see. But I just remember one of somebody from my film school, our film school side of my life, just going, like, well, but why do they have to be so loud? And I was like, 
well, it's kind of the thing. To, <laughs> I know. Yeah, just guys bellowing, yeah. and that's sort of what it is. Yeah. Uh, and then you'd look over and see like a red face Keckner, like yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. Playing. And, and but also too, you know, it also that being red faced guys bellowing in an apartment was like some of the biggest laughs I've had in oh, my, my life. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. No, that's that was was great too. It was like saying like I see the value in both worlds. Yes, yes, <laughs> you know, yeah, completely. Yeah. yeah, no, it was. But then uh, I ended so I ended up getting on the Conan show, and I think you submitted writing once. Yeah. And and then you submit it again, and they hired you. And it wasn't, and I, you know, it was you got hired based on the merits of the package, and uh, and the show had been on like a year and a half or something, right? Something like that. In fact, it was the it was the greatest phone call I ever got. Yeah, I think besides maybe the Vincent K McMahon phone call, <laughs> but because uh, I I was like struggling because everything was going great, and um, you know, I was living with my girlfriend at the time, and I was dealing weed. Yeah, <laughs> but. I, I had like stopped. It was kind of like running like a, a soccer team. And I, I uh, bought marijuana from a defense attorney. And I had, um, you know, I'm not trying to romanticize it. I guess I am. I think I will. Yeah, you're selling so, weed. It's a big deal. And also, it was like Friday, I had a, a separate phone, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. You know, I have that place over by uh, uh, Damon and Lincoln there. And uh, I'm available those times. And, you know, I would make like 40 grand a year tax-free i yeah. still look at my social security one of these years with zero so everything was great you know yeah. but i was like uh, stagnating i wasn't yeah. doing anything creatively or even going on that path and it really like and i'm like oh i can't i used to have like anxiety dreams that like oh the laws after because you know even though everything was all you know buttoned up and i'd buying like some lady i'm buying four quarters for my theater group you know and yeah. just, yeah, you know yeah. it was all that so it really like bothered me and I'm like, I gotta like start doing some. So then I saved up money and I was trying to make a film, which back then now, like everyone makes a film, but then it was kind of like a big deal. Yeah. To, and, uh, and, and you had to do it on film. Yeah. And it was yeah. going to be, but it's like, Oh, with these, some of the Polacks and some of the Russians. And it was about a, a, a stolen car ring that actually happened. And I was really getting into it with this other guy and stuff. And then it completely like fell apart. And I was like, oh, that's just so brutal. And I was really like at a crossroads. And it was like really like, oh, I'm really down in the dumps because I stopped selling weed purposely. Yeah, yeah. And then like, oh, okay. And then, well, what do I work? And and then you called and like, they want to hire you. And I just remember like I never had a feeling like depression just <laughs> just <laughs> rushing out of your body. Rushed out. It was like yeah, literally yeah. like da-da-da-da. And so that was that was like fabulous, you know. And then even – it was funny, oddly, I'll tell you, like, when the first submission, when we all, like, submitted, it was kind of like, I still was like, it's going to, you know, had those ideals of, like, oh, it's going to be what I want to see on TV, everything weird. But also kind of cutting your teeth on, like, Monty Python. You're always, like, thinking of, like, oh, I I, I don't like things that are presentational. Yeah. I like that non-stick, that kind of madness. Right. So that it came out, it's like, oh, it is just a show with a desk. So I was kind of, like, I don't say disappointed, but I was, like, Oh, that's not exactly what I thought. My own fault, like you know, whatever. I thought it was going to be the most fabulous off the wall thing yeah, for yeah, yeah, yeah. for seven hundred people. You know, the desk will be upside down, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. And then, so when I I got that, it was the, the greatest thing. I was like, oh, of course. So when I first went, I was kind of like, it's weird because you kind of like everyone's congrats, congrats, and that's when the pressure starts. Yeah. Well, here here's my desk. Oh, could you close the door? <laughs> you, know, like, you know, how do I 
do that, and especially knowing like, oh, I'm off the wall. I always thought I could be like one of the more socially funny people. I always thought like, if there was a war, I'd be like the fucking funniest guy. <laughs> but you know, to like uh, submit these, you know, yeah, jokes, yeah. but huh? something that has to be produced. <laughs> yeah, and as then opposed to just bullshitting. Yeah, and then realizing, you know, that oh, you're, you know, you're you're synthesizing things and present, you know, and just and just all that, that kind of like knowing. When you write something, you know immediately when you put it on your feet with the rehearsal, like it's got to be half as long, you know, and sh- those kind of lessons. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So it was kind of like at first, like really intimidating. And then I remember the first thing that really broke that was weird was uh, the um, different directors do shows, and then you actually got a like a belly shot. You, yeah, yeah, like, I get shot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it was kind of like, oh, with so, a squib. Yeah. yeah, so it's like, oh, we can do this weird kind of shit. And I don't think, you know, it's like, yeah, let's get an action movie and just have Andy get shot with blood. Right. And it really worked like great and was like, people were, that's dynamic. And so, yeah. like, that was kind of like, oh, how do I finagle weird off the wall stuff, but still being uh, presentational and, right. and, 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 and work. So that was like a huge moment, like, oh, okay. And the other thing that saved me was, that the editing was so shitty sometimes back then that, that yeah. and having like a film uh, background a little bit or something like, well, that, that piece of footage is ruined. And like, well, why don't we just drop the sound out and leak the audio from the next shot over before it, what? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like, yeah. get this guy to do the remote. So right, just like, right, you know, right. things like that became a little a yeah. forte. And because then, that, well, but to be fair, those editors were used to editing like the today show. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't filmic editors. And they were besides uh uh um Mark the guy from Saturday Night Live like the the old crusty guy like and they were old union guys yeah, they're like yeah. hey I need to pull this up pull it up. I worked at KVAS in Kansas City <laughs> and we had a well, Jesus you know like the more yeah. you tell them you need and something it's like 2 fast. and 3 o'clock in the morning <laughs> yeah. too yeah. Chuck that was I remember when like Chuck yeah. The more you say you need something fast that's when you just see him from behind go Yeah yeah. Yeah. Uh, Speed is not. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was an exciting time, and it was fun, and it was. And I was. I was the same way as you. I. You were naturally likable. Yeah, that, that is true. That not all of us have. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I got. You know, I was the first person there with Conan, and uh, I was the first writer hired. And then I was. I don't know if I really felt like this is something anybody said or it was just what I decided the show was going to be, that I was like, it's going to be a talk-sketch hybrid. Right. Like, we're going to have sketches almost every day. And, yeah. And we even talked about maybe having, like, a, a repertory players, like, one, you know, I think Steve Allen, you know, yeah. had, like, Tim Conway. And, Mighty Carson players, although no one really remembers that. Yeah, yeah. You know. But, but like, you know, Carol Burnett and Tim Conway yeah. were, were sketch players from a talk show that I think was Steve Allen's show. Right. And um, so I was like, yeah, we're going to do that. Because actually when Robert talked to me about being sidekick, I was like, I don't know, maybe I want to be one of the <laughs> recurring guys. <laughs> and then he, he came into my office and told me this, and I've said this before. Like he left and the door closed, went click, closed. And I went like, who am I kidding? Right, yeah. Like, hey, do you want to be on TV every night? Or maybe, you know, some some weeks, two nights, sometimes. I was like, I'm, yeah, I'm going to yeah. be oh, I remember when that happened. It was oddly just because. There was something about you, or someone said, I mean, it was Keckner, or someone was like, it just was like, wasn't surprising. It was just oddly like, I don't know, I just wasn't even surprised. And I said, like, you know, I think, yeah, they're going to make him the sidekick. And I'm like, yeah, of course they are. You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Just it was like, yeah, that makes sense. And it's kind of like a good, you know, a good foil. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, uh, you know, 
I really think it no was one would wise. have known. It was really wise of him to choose me. Yes, yes. One of the best moves he ever made. Yep. Uh, no, I'm sure. Need- there's destructive effects on both of you. <laughs> Irreparable, right, right. but sure. We basically <laughs> ruined each other. Yeah. Made each other both incapable of accepting yeah. love. Psychologically, yeah. forget producing it. Right. I just um, like to say psychological quagmires of doom. <laughs> a little easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, we're podcasters now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and now, then by you, the way, who do I invoice for this? <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, so you were on the Conan show for how long? Four years. Was Four it? years. Yeah, yeah, a little more. And it was, yeah, and it was a fun. It was fantastic. It was a really fun time. Oh, there, and, there's like just unbelievable shit that yeah, was yeah. so fun. Like, what did you do today? Oh, I sat under a hot bleacher and. Listen to Nipsey Russell like with a tuba, like wanting to do some bit, you know, and I yeah, and yeah, long yeah. R- rides with Nipsey Russell, right, all the, right. like in a um, van or, in the or van. Abe Vigoda, you know, spending the afternoon with Abe Vigoda on Coney Island in the rain. Some of the best things ever, like uh, you know, like even as a little kid, real little kid, one of the first shows. George Plimpton had this show where he did other. It's kind of like what. Uh, 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 a summation of like all, all the books he was famous for, but it was a TV show. Yeah, where he, he would do immersive, thi- yeah, immersive he'd be a things. goalie, he'd be yeah, this. Yeah. And I always loved that as a real little kid. And I yeah. remember just this weird thrill. I was in a restaurant and because we had just done a bit or something. And then he's like, you know, like tap, tap in line. Hey, it's like, what's George Plimpton? Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. just like those. Then, then there's plenty of people like, there's so and so. I don't give a shit. Yeah. yeah but George yeah. Plimpton. George Plimpton, absolutely. Especially in a line at a restaurant and yeah, just yeah. like, you know, just odd. So many, uh, too many to count, you know, just like sometimes like I remember doing satellite TV and playing like the cupcake cowboy and then just like there was something stressful happening. Like I got to go to Central Park and this like get up and like ride a horse <laughs> into a deli, you know, just <laughs> to get a cupcake. Yeah. Yeah. So fun. But I remember the, the other side is like sometimes <laughs> you'd get real honest to goodness, horrible stress, like waking up at 6 a.m. like. The red afro. <laughs> I didn't order the red afro. <laughs> Very odd. Uh, what? So what? When you decided to go, what? What was? What happened? Well, you know, honestly, I just because it is a burnout. There is a burnout there. You know, it is. It was one of the, I think uh, one of the smarter things in my mind. I thought by being like, you know, I think now I can articulate like every relationship is like sacrifice and fulfillment Mm -hmm. as you perceive it, you know, and it's got to be pretty, pretty even. It's never going to be even. So I couldn't, in some ways I wish I was wired up different. We'd be like, everything's set. I'll just stay with this. But I think I had like aspirations to do other things. And sometimes I felt like, you know, through no fault of the show or whatever, like, uh, is this being creatively institutionalized because everything has to be in this short of a form? And just, you know, I'm just restless by nature and struggle with that. So in my mind, I'm like, do I have the ability to just suppress it and feel like it's too much of a sacrifice or do I have to leave? Yeah. And, you know, it's through no fault of, and even then I thought like, I'm going to leave and I'm going to do this and I'm going to enjoy. So I had that, I said like, I'm leaving in two months and just loved it. It was the first time I was like, I'm not going to, I think sometimes people have to build into like, I have to make this shitty. So then when I leave yeah, and I didn't do that and and so oddly, I had plans to go to to uh, California, like everyone at the time too. Like I'm gonna go out and sitcom Gold Rush, yeah, you yeah. know, or or what have you. And through the show, 
I uh, met Vince McMahon and he, and I knew about wrestling cause I had a little past and, and you chatted with him about yeah, it too. Yeah. So he knew that you were, yeah. yeah. In fact, I did the dumbest thing. I boobed into it. And I'm like, you know what you need to do? Cause now it's different. Cause everyone's a mark and knows the language. My brother had again, <laughs> sold some drugs to pro wrestlers back yeah, then. And yeah. we, and we knew some, you know, and, and so I kind of was like wisened up, like knew some of the language, like, you know, going over and popped and who's a mark and all, all this kind of stuff that everyone knows now. So I would use that with Vince, like, you know, that, that guy's going to be over just to be kind of a jerk. Cause I produced the segment actually yeah. when he's on. And then he's like, and thanks, shout out to Frank Smiley. Cause he's like, this guy knows everything about wrestling. You got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> he yeah. laid that on him. And then I fucking got a phone call from him. Hey, wow. like, and I'm like, how? Vincent K. McMahon. And I'm like, what? You know, and back there was like, I had a phone call from Vince McMahon. And then he's like, uh, what, you know. And this is out of the blue, too. There's no warning like Vince is looking for it. Yeah, out yeah, of the blue. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. he's like, why don't you come on down to, uh, I can't remember how it gets. Yeah, I went to Connecticut and, he, and I went to, I said like, I said, hey, I got plans to go at this, but I just came to see your office. And like, ha ah. And he's like, why don't you come out for a couple shows and uh, just consult, I'll give you $1,000 a, a show. And I'm like, okay. And he had the big old book and it's great office and just, and uh, he had all like the dates in it. And he's, where do you want to go? And, and oh, like, it's all handwritten. It, on it was then. Yeah, you know, yeah. His, he had a ledger book and it was like, oh, so awesome. And then he goes, um, well, we're in like Chicago next week. And I was like, how about this? I'd rather go like to, I think it was Louisville and Birmingham. That seems to be more of a, you know, how oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then his office, and back then, so this was pre 9 11. He cut the first class airline tickets right in the office. They had like either they owned somehow, somehow they cut it in the office. So I left there with like a, a first class ticket. Oh my God, that's yeah. fantastic. Two checks, $2,000. Sure had a travel business that, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And then it was like, I'm like, what? There's, you know, oh, that was just like, oh, oh that's my God. Great. That makes me that that makes that turns me on. Oh, it was Can unbelievable. You imagine having that power like hold yeah. on clickety clack first class. Yep. Oh. To Louisville. Yep, there you go. So <laughs> I went and it was so odd so there was a guy named Vince Russo running a lot of the background yeah. then. So I went and, and it was very odd cuz it was so busy, right? You're going to month, there's just and you're kind of like either thrown to the wolves, like, what do you think? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm hanging around. Where do I stand? And also, I could go into, I mean, you go on the road, it's kind of like, here's, you know, you get all your paper caterings over here, whatever. Here's the uh, like signpost. Signpost. Yeah, yeah. You know, here's makeup, all this. And here's Vince's office. And people work there 20 years, don't just walk in Vince's office. So it's like, who's this guy? And I'm like, I don't know. And it was a lot of this, like, that's yeah, weird. Yeah, so I'm yeah. hanging around and and they kind of like do that on purpose. Vince, sure, no one, you know, it's like is that, is that guy dating Stephanie? What's who's this? You know. Like, <laughs> so uh, I went to a couple shows and then it was like, okay, that was cool, but I don't think I'm gonna like you know, I don't think I'm gonna do this. I don't know. It didn't seem like something like here's the position, whatever. And then we were going to New York, and he goes, uh, and Vince Russo goes like, just go to TV in New York one more time. And he's like, because I was gonna be like, I don't think I'm gonna do this. And he's like. Okay, and I'm like, yeah, that's my that's where I live. So it was like a it was a Nassau Coliseum show on a Monday or uh, uh, Monday Tuesday used to do Monday Night Raw and Tuesday was a, a, a SmackDown to tape. Yeah, and then so I go to Madison Square Garden and he goes, uh, Vince goes, uh, well, uh, hey, WCW, the Turner stole the whole couple creative staff guys away, you know, so we got no oh, show, wow. which. Interest said, I left him with a show, whatever. We just write the shows on yellow pads of paper. Yeah. And he's like, let's figure this out, you know? So we we kind of like booked it all there. And then 
in a weird power play, Vince was like, would you like to run the show? Like, because you have a production meeting and you have like the folding table. And then people, who's this guy? And he's like, so I'm like, okay, segment one, this will happen. This will go over. And people were like, you know, that, uh, looking, there's like, oh God, there's Michael P.S. Hayes. That's fucking Sergeant Slaughter. Like, with the, and I'm like, this is fucking, you know, talk about looking through the yeah, looking glass. Yeah, yeah. Where will I be? What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, <laughs> so I just kind of like. Stone cold. Here's <laughs> what you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, so it was kind of like, wow, that's crazy. And then, you know, I called uh, my girlfriend at the time. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not coming back because I was just going to come back. I just, I think I just got a high profile position in professional wrestling, you know, which is, <laughs> and then my, my main thing was like, which is great. It's like, I can't be an old man and not do this. Not try. Because at the time, like agent, what are you doing? And people still look down their nose at it. Yeah. Very yeah. much. So. It's, it's so different from today. Like even like intellectuals would be like, mm, you know, that's not real. <laughs> you know yeah i kind of when i was in third grade and they stomp it's not an effective way to punt <laughs> you know but then you yeah, learn yeah, the yeah. nuances of what's what is real and what's a word and all, sure, you know, all, sure. all, all these, these uh other it still hurts and yeah it's and, and there's ruins murder your, and ruins your body yeah yeah so yeah. yeah and and beyond that but so then the next day i went to nasa and that was like a horrible like oh there was this guy who just passed away uh recently darren drozdoff who was you know, fabulous athlete and kind of like did a thing where uh he could throw up on command if you know if see beyond the mat he's in it and like hey let's do a thing so Vince we'll, we'll handle it so I'm like kind of like then they were excited to be like oh the new guy's giving us a push and we're doing this and that and then he had a mishap and he broke his neck and he, he became paralyzed for years but like oh, that right. at that moment and I came you know they're like oh I remember the doctor being there and then everyone's like you know, we got to figure out how to edit this show, you know, even though everyone's grieving and all this and very, a very apropos of pro wrestling moment. And then I remember I had a rental car and driving back and uh, was meeting my girlfriend at the time and then kind of like uh, I somehow wound up like in Staten Island, like way late. I was like, oh, wh you know, where am I driving? And just like in a weird mood. And, and I felt like I felt it like it was a month. <laughs> I was like, it was just, oh, yesterday I was kind of go to Madison Square Garden and say goodbye and come back for lunch. And now. What's happening? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So then I just went on the road for, you know, for a year and the thing kept growing and, and it was a super, super exciting time. What a, what an unbelievable business, especially when there's nothing like very similar, like, uh, just the work ethic and putting on a show the same day. Yeah. All that excitement. And then, then, then going out to Hollywood and like, hold on, buddy, we got to talk about this joke in this yeah, sitcom yeah, yeah, again yeah. and then replace it in the 11th yeah. hour with something you, inferior because we're look, panicked <laughs> i don't like my family we're not going home before 10 p.m right. sorry you gotta yeah. talk about this yeah, yeah. start clean with clorox because clorox delivers a powerful clean every time because messes happen because the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. 
Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Can't you tell my love's a grow? Uh, I, I also want to touch, because we've been talking a long time. I want to ta- uh, touch on uh, Metalocalypse. I got to go? Yeah, yeah, it's enough. It's enough. Metalocalypse. Yes. Uh, t- I just talk about, because that, I don't know. Well, first of all, is it available anywhere? Or are they like hoarding? It's, you know, it's, it's, on, uh, it's on Max. Okay. You know, it used to be HBO Max when I know, we were I kids. Know. <laughs> I know. It's so much better now. Yeah. Such a time saver. Yeah. Oh, um, and then HBO, that's so weird to uh, say. H and then B? Yeah, I Weird. always called it Hubbo. Yeah, so, you know, but I um, get, get in a lot of trouble. I think it is now. Uh, uh, but I, I always hear like, oh, then they're taking it off, and then there's a movie coming out on on Max uh, uh, soon, and then uh, oh, there's a Death Clock movie. Yeah, on on Max. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. And we, did you work on it? Yes. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. awesome. So um, so yeah, just because it's it's the yeah, that show is so fucking funny. Oh, and even you know, thanks. Like it's too. For those that don't know, it I, I think the pitch, the elevator pitch was it's a death metal group that is like the world's third largest economy. There's that, and and but speaking of that, that good, what did you call it? The uh, elevator pitch. Elevator pitch. That's it was one of the examples where we always went back to our phrase, which was similar to that, but which was imagine a death metal band a thousand times bigger than the Beatles. Yeah. So more popular. So whenever you're writing, you're kind of like, okay, what would the world be like? If something was that popular, the government would have to either be ready to kill them or be on their side. And it's a death, you know, so yeah. we had a very succinct little th- just phrase that we could always go back to to problem solve everything, yeah, yeah. which was kind of like, oh, I wish a lot of things would w- like would work, work like that. Like or that, you, tr- yeah. you do try to like, you know, have that that one word and it actually worked. But what a, yeah, what a fun thing. Like you were talking about now, like. You did that with Brendan Small. Brendan Small, yeah. yeah. It was, um. It was just a great time of, uh, you know, like there's always windows opening and closing. Like Netflix, they're picking up everything. Oh, great! Not anymore. They sucked. They're the worst. Oh, f-. You know, that's how I look at it. Like when yeah, jumped through yeah, that window yeah, before. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so at the time, there's this uh, mercurial, uh, wonderful weirdo named Mike Lazo he used to run Adult Swim, and uh-huh. they were they were off and. And so they would be kind of subsidized by Family Guy reruns. So they had money, and they'd be like, and he'd be like, "Man, I can do you know make weird shit, make weird shit." Yeah. So we we did this show at the Steve Allen Theater called the Dumb Dildo Show, which was a live show where we our claim, which was true, was like yeah. we sponsored re- by Dumb Dildos. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, write yeah. it in the afternoon, and then we put it up at night. Right. And we have like you know, and we have like two wigs and a smoke machine, but. <laughs> And, but, but, I'm in. Yeah, but it was, it was fun. Wait, you didn't try hard, and the production value sl- low. <laughs> right, right. Wow. But we we did this bit where like because we both love death metal and uh, Cannibal Corpse, one of our favorite bands, and um, you know, with great songs like Bent Backwards and Broken, Fucked with a Knife, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, is yeah. it in parentheses? Yeah. The fucked with the knife? Or no, is it that's all? a separate it's song. All, oh, I yeah, see. I don't think they have any parenthetical yeah, songs. Yeah. Uh, Hammer smashed face. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. great stuff. Um, so, anyways, you have a you know that kind of singer. Yeah, yeah. And so we thought, like, oh, let's do a bit where uh, Corp George Corpse Grinder Fisher from Cannibal Corpse is in Glen Gary Glen Ross. <laughs> so I just put a wig on and I had the microphone and and Brenda would play the other like whatever one of the, like the Alec Bald or whatever we did a scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was weird and it was like, oh, people kind of know what death metal growling is. So then at the time we're like. 
let's uh, pitch a show to Adult Swim. Like, oh, how about about a death metal band? And then we kind of said, like, oh, we patterned it a little bit after the Monkees in the sense that, like, it's a band, but they live together. Yeah. So it's that kind of ridiculousness. In a crazy clubhouse. In a crazy clubhouse. Yeah. And also, you could have... Um, you know, these are their video or there's a song every episode that's either thematic, which the monkeys used to do. Sometimes it was a, uh, what's the word, a diegetic performance? And sometimes it was just, you know, <laughs> went into video. Oh. <laughs> you know, but um, so we went and pitched it. And then, like, uh, the wonderful Mike Lass. Oh, first of all, we did a uh, uh, John Schnapp, wonderful John Schnapp, rest in peace. He he designed the characters. And we made a little, it wasn't animated, just like push in on each of their faces. And we made a theme song. And it was it worked in the sense... Well, a band you already know, like, I know what a band is, and, you know. Yeah. And the pushing's like, I'd like to see what these guys are up to. It was, like, simple. We just showed it, and then uh, Lazo said, yeah, man, do 20. Quarter <laughs> hours, and we were off and running, and it was that wonderful time. And then Yeah, yeah. Also, at the time, Brendan uh, was so good. He's a guitar virtuoso and went to Berkeley School of Music and just could whip out soundtrack stuff. And then, yeah, yeah. And then even at, at the time, like, the, the drum – you know, um, programs and stuff were so great. So he could just like at his house, like make a new song. Yeah. yeah. And just, so that was like incredible. So yeah, that's helpful. Yeah. Beyond helpful. And, uh, so we, and we also like, Hey, let's do it all in one spot, which was now everyone does. But back then it was like flash animation. We record all our own. We do the voices. So it was very one-stop shopping, low budget. And, you know, and, and, and we had the, the privilege of just like improvising and, you know, and, and, and also learning like that quarter hour, almost like improv, like we should just end there with some weird, you know, that's the high spot. And we had a song. So it was a good formula that worked like, yeah. and then we could make it thematic and stuff, but it yeah. wasn't, no, we just, it was a blast, you know, yeah. and, and, and doing the voices and learning how to do different voices by basically like, it needs to sound different than the other guys. Cause you're doing all the voices. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah. And it was, uh, it was really wonderfully dumb and violent and, and death oriented, which the kids love, especially like the young, nothing like you know, the celebration of death for like, especially young girls. They're like, I just love how he hates every, you know, yeah, yeah, nihilism yeah. and death. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Always fun. Yeah, because it's like there are people die all the time. Yeah, gruesome. All the time. Yeah. This thing. Yeah. Yeah. And there's just, there's so many like. Well, you play the great. <laughs> oh, yeah. What did I do? You, in it? it was actually one of my favorite episodes because we were running out of money. So we're up yeah. against the clock. So we had this one episode where, fuck it, we got to just use our assets. So how about they star in a movie and the middle of the movie will just be this big trailer. And then we just cut loose all our animators and people to be like, make a trailer. It can be non you know so it's like oh i'll use the security guard from episode four but i'll put murder face's head on him like he's a cop and then there's a there's a helicopter crashing then i'll put one of the guys touching a deer in the middle of a road and i'll put the moon up and just all this like crazy imagery that yeah, was yeah. like from our asset books but it was like oh it's a movie trailers yeah and then we actually to cut up times we're like that's so great let's watch it again <laughs> and then we had like like just drums and black and just yeah, yeah. so we ate up so much time and then you played a uh, uh, old seasoned actor who was on set and then like we had a little video thing so like and you were I can't remember but we named you after like a metal band like Amar I think you were like J.R. Amarth after uh, you know we'd sneak those names in there and and I remember you especially in editing you improvised so good like yeah, in my day movie making wasn't a joke because it was all about they're so popular yeah, they, yeah, they could yeah. be in a movie but you're the bitter old guy and then 
you go like we used to do something instead of just mincing around i remember you just made that up like oh so funny and then we had um they were fucking around in the background and they drove the forklift through the back of your neck and yeah. you came out and you're like <laughs> and then we just had you vamp keep dying oh god i died more and more <laughs> and that was uh that was fun yeah, it was yeah, yeah. so efficient it was like oh, andy's coming okay you got it yeah yeah you're this guy that's in the that, neighborhood <laughs> yeah. yeah that's great see ya <laughs> you're yeah. probably there like took pride in that like you were there 12 minutes <laughs> and it, it was right. it was yeah no it was uh, and it's such a funny show and i mean anybody that hasn't seen it you should really Go Come see on, it. who this hasn't just, seen it? Uh, my mom. Judith Light and your my mom. mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Judith Light and my mom. If I got those two together, yeah. oh, just to watch Metalocalypse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, to quote um, Dave Rath. Now, there's your show. Now, there's your show. Um, what are you... Uh, what are you What are you doing now? What are you doing, what are you doing uh, moving forward? Uh-oh. Come on. <laughs> Here's where we lose altitude. Um, <laughs> no, uh, everything's grand. I got married recently to my, uh, my uh, wonderful, yeah. uh, long, uh, and I time did, girlfriend, Allison. This is a surprise Allison. to me. You guys just kind of did it on the yeah, DL. We, yeah, we just did it. Yeah. Yeah. And we had been together forever and, uh, yeah, she's just absolutely the, was, the what greatest. motivated was it just like an insurance thing? Cause that always happens. A little you know? bit, but also we, I think we were, we're just kind of similar in that fact where, you know, our like devotion and everything just sensibly grew and we grew together and it said like, let's, let's make our lives the, the lives we don't want to escape from, <laughs> you know, and not put any predisposed things, or, yeah, you yeah. know, just naturally and kind of organically. And then at a certain point, it's like, well, I'm not leaving you. You're not leaving. Like what for? Yeah. yeah. You know, but it's, it's completely wonderful. So it's, you like it, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, great. Yeah. In, in a way, nothing has changed other than I say my girl, I mean my wife, but yeah, uh, yeah we bought a house uh, together in Texas and we still have our, our place here that we're, subletting so yeah my life has changed like wonderfully yeah, and, yeah. you know and why and, texas and, uh she's from there she's uh moving next to her, her parents uh you know the politics right <laughs> <laughs> it's a good place <laughs> yeah um it's a good place yeah so we we're uh and the, the place was cool we had some land there and uh we were gonna build a house and that's insane just going through that but like we live by a wilderness preserve in the place called Lago Vista, which is like 35 minutes northwest of Austin. So it's like, I need to go uh, 11 miles away for huge uh, parking spaces and Lowe's as big as an arena <laughs> and, you know, and all that. Yeah, Fine. Yeah. But where we at, there's like, a, it's, you know, there's a lot of like, uh, you never saw more 80 year old people with uh, ponytails and tie dyes and all that. Oh, wow. But there's still like a county road and a goat farm. Yeah. And then this is beautiful. And then it's, 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 it's cool. You have I to, always, you have I, to come out. I would love to. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I made the joke that being in Austin is like sitting next to a fun gay cousin at a Romney wedding. <laughs> Like, it's like you're surrounded by all this, like, just Texas. And yeah. then, it, but it's like, yeah, but everybody around here is all hippie weirdos and, yeah, you yeah. know, some kind of queer. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, no, that's just here. Well, you know what? You can't. I feel so weird for foreigners that go to Austin and yeah. to think that that's Texas. It's, it's weird. Yeah. It's, it's funny because I always remember too with the, what was it? David Rakoff, remember him? Yeah, obviously. yeah. Brilliant. He was, we were hanging out with him. You were, guys were friends with him. I remember hanging out with him a few times. He did something where he was hanging around with someone, someone either right wing or something. Like he had to write something. And he said something so brilliant. Like, well, you know, after 15 minutes, you just naturally start 
looking for something common or to like and so maybe Jesse Helms or some insane. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it yeah, was. Yeah, because he used to interview different right. David Rakoff, right. brilliant writer. Right. Yeah. And and I just remember like, you know, yeah. And so even, you know, I remember when I was driving out, I stopped in this place called Van Horn, you know, uh, and I would just my car was packed and Alice and my wife was working in Atlanta and it was right in where the Bezos um uh, Blue Origin it's like 30 miles from this town. It's like just the middle of nowhere, man. Uh-huh. So I was kind of like, well, I'm going to stay in the, and there was a, a, whatever, a Hampton Inn. And I went to like the local steakhouse and was like sitting next to like the weirdos and like, oh, what's, and I was talking like, oh, the, because there's a Bezos mural in there, Jeff Bezos mural. And I'm like, oh, what's going on here? And I, they sat next to this one like local guy and he was like, just died in the wool on his sleeve and his son. And, you know, it was like, you know, at the bar. And he was like, oh, coming from California. He kind of was like, who's got the California plates? And I'm like, oh, I do. <laughs> you know, whatever. And, you know, because that's a thing people saying, like, oh, what the fuck? What, yeah, you know, yeah. am I going to get shot? I yeah, got it. Yeah. So this guy was like, and I remember it was pretty funny. I don't want to, I don't want to paint myself like, oh, I'm the savvy part of this story. But I remember like being old enough to like, just like, he's, he's saying something about like, yeah, it's turning into California here or something with like, take the gun like really typical and yeah. telling you where to pee and i was like and i knew i said like where to pee what do you mean and he's like oh you know the bathroom thing and which i knew full well but i kept quizzing like, i don't know what you mean like wh- they're taking the bathrooms what he didn't know what, what my politics were yeah yeah and he's like oh you know the thing in carolina and i'm like oh i said oh is there why is there a different bathroom here? Well, no. I just kind of kept making right, him. Right, right, Sometimes it's a good tactic. That nothing's yeah. happening. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, that was like ten years ago. Yeah. They st- oh, they stopped the All Star game. What was that about? Yeah, yeah, the bathrooms. And like, but what happened? Does anyone think? Well, you know, so always, I love it when people, you know, like they've done. There've been so many people gotten by. Like, what does woke mean? Right, right. Or, or you know, how is. Uh, uh, the, the, whatever the the te- whatever it is the teaching about slavery what's this uh, oh yeah the R- CRT right right yeah uh, you know like what critical is, race yes, yeah what you know I'm against the CRT what is it uh just uh, yeah oh I didn't know yeah yeah oh yeah, Mr yeah. College Boy wants to know what it is <laughs> what it is but uh but then. After it settles, I, 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 I perceive that his son was liking to tease him, like, oh, no, I'm thinking of moving to Portland. Portland! You know, and, like, <laughs> and then after a while, like, just talking to him, like, hey, what's this town about? Oh, well, a lot of these guys are welders. Then you find some, like, you know, it's like, okay, you know, almost everyone's a loudmouth, you know? Yeah. But it's yeah. kind of like, oh, he's this is a good guy. Like, if, if I had a kid that, like, if you're hurt, go over to Mr. Johnson's place. I'd right, be like, don't right, go there. Right, he's, right. He rambles on about peeing in uh. bathrooms, <laughs> you know. So, and and that's not compromising yourself either. It's just like you're like, oh, fucking, you know, it's, yeah, take no. it easy. It's you know, especially you grow up in a small town. You grow up with a lot of a lot of closed minded people, yeah. and you got to live with them. Yeah. You can't be, you know. So it's like, well, and I love specifically. I was like, some of your 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 background is heightened. I know. Was it your grandfather was a? You had that f- fabulous picture. What was he, Secretary of Wildlife or something? He was a uh, conservation. Yeah, but he was, he was, uh, he was director a, of conservation. So he was in the cabinet. He's in the governor's right, cabinet. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was that, like, it was like, what is that, a still from Boardwalk Empire? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's no, my that's grandfather. my grandpa and all his Republican cronies. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, um. Oh, so what am I doing? Yeah, that. I mean, I don't know. Just all, all kinds of stuff. I, I work on, like, developing things. I got, you know, uh, oddly enough, it's more like, is it easier to work from Texas now? I mean, do you find that the pandemic made it remote work 
a little bit, yeah, you yeah. know, and I've only been out there like so many months since March and I've got like a couple uh, uh, things going on. So, you know, it is. And, and, and oddly enough, like this fucking business, it's like most of the things I make better money on, you'll never hear. Or even like there's a lot of this. There's no show there, but there's a deal to be made. I'm working on this thing that will never be made. <laughs> you know, this is a passion, you know, like, you know, yeah, it, yeah, so yeah. Th- there's all that. So, you know, I just kind of like, I've come kind of a, it's very similar to my wife. We're sort of jack of all trades. She's like written some fashion books, been a wardrobe designer. And that's like fraught with weirdness and the salaries aren't good. So she does every job within the wardrobe department sometimes and goes around and you know has tons of opportunity and yeah. same with us so we just have been comfortable being uncomfortable working freelance and yeah. you know and it's kind of like you know it's worked out because you just got to be like have faith oh that'll that'll happen yeah something, yeah something will come up so and i do voiceovers so i do you know um all kinds of garbage but uh haven't gone into like yard work or anything like that recently or anything. <laughs> you don't you know. want to. No. It's, in Texas, it's too hot. Well, it's weird. I did come, to, I had a terrible moment in, where I, I tried to start a, a mixed martial arts promotion that was kind of like a work. Sure. You know, like, sure. A, uh, with, like a professional wrestling MMA. Yeah. yeah way yeah, back yeah. in the day, too. So I did have like, you know, I think I had my finger on the pulse of the idiots that would like that. <laughs> and, but I like, I, something was nefarious. I lost all my money. I've got IRS things and court and just like horrible. So there was a point where like, man, I've got no money. And then it was like, well, what do you do? And then like to be in the position I am like, what's the most sensible thing? Oh, I got to start writing. For, you know what I mean? There's no like, I'm go to Starbucks. Like, well, that's not cost effective yeah. to work at yeah, Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you lose your money, you know, to climb out of this quarter million dollar hole. Like yeah. I got to fucking start fucking things are good. Good. Life is grand. Yeah. Do you have a do you have a motto? What advice should people or what sort of direction should people take away from all of this? Uh don't buy cheap bullshit. butter. Don't buy cheap butter. Because you know that is awesome. If you get like trash bags too. Yeah. Go ahead and buy brand name trash bags. Well, especially butter. You notice because you get that cheap butter that's white and you get good butter and you put them both in two pans. And the white butter will go, because they infuse it with water. That's yeah. how they get you. That's how they get you. That's what my uncle used to say, too. Yeah, He's yeah. right. He yeah. was, My uncle had a, almost a, he was a shop owner, owned the butcher shop. Every time that anyone mentioned anything like McDonald's and stuff, he would just bristle and go like, you know where they get you? It's with that soda. It costs nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, oh, so yeah, pissed about they it. get like a Coke syrup and they put it in a, th- you know, just because he would yeah, always yeah, run yeah. the numbers and it would just like, oh, and, and it would almost cost them three cents. Yeah. Even when I was like little, like nine, I'm like, I'm going to mention to Uncle Andrew who went to McDonald's and he'll say that it's how they get you with the Coke syrup. And like every time you'd see his face. Yeah. Ugh. I think I had some advice I kind of wrote down. Maybe not. All right. Uh, the uh, the Emmys and the Oscar are just a more successful multi uh, level marketing scheme. Okay, don't let it fool uh, you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is only life until there is not. That's a good old Russian one. Mm. Um, seek professional advice. Oh, All and right. also this: I, the snacks you gave me. Crave victoriously. Crave victoriously. No, that's good advice. <laughs> Crave. When you come here as a guest, they will just give you bags. And, like you got it. You yeah. took a tin of almonds. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, we got to end this. Okay. Uh, thank you, you know, for coming, You know, another thing Tommy. I like to do is always oh my God. be on the phone or something. Just like, turn off the microphone. It's just like one more thing when people got to go. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco production. 
It is produced by Sean Doherty and engineered by Rich Garcia. Additional engineering support by Eduardo Perez and Joanna Samuel. Executive produced by Nick Liao, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, with assistance from Maddie Ogden. Research by Alyssa Grawl. Don't forget to rate and review and subscribe to The Three Questions with Andy Richter wherever you get your podcasts. And do you have a favorite question you always like to ask people? Let us know in the review section. Can't you tell my love's growing? Can't you feel it ain't showing? Oh, you must be a knowing. I've got a big, big love. This has been a Team Coco production. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.